Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Jaikar, and this is Blog Talk Radio. And um, today's show <laughs> is Women's Grace and Grit, Live as Though You Are the Smartest Person in the Room. So today is the 12th of February, just to kind of mark this, um, in case you're listening to it as a iTunes podcast or um, a download. And I'm going to read the, um, the introduction, the um, write-up for the show. And then we'll go from there. We live in times most interesting, a time when many a truth we were taught is evolving before our eyes. Truths such as what is power, what is family, what has authority in our lives are breathtaking in their change. And terrifying can be the change to what we thought was true and secure. Women have been invited to step forth more into their power, their impact, and their purpose as leaders, healers, and teachers of both the changes we are in the midst of as well as uh, having that healing in their own life. Yet even planned revolutions bring unplanned course corrections for staying true and on purpose to the heart of the revolution. Women are being asked to both heal historical rage and wounding while offering forth new forms of power which respect all that is living and purpose all purposes in life. So any revolution has traps and treasures, um, meaning there's what the revolution has and, you know, what inspired the revolution. And there's um, what the traps are for really, is it a revolution or is it simply wanting power that um, when you feel disempowered? Um, And my basic premise, as people who know me, I've been having this show, well, I think I started in 2008, so almost seven years with, um, you know, some some pauses, some sabbaticals from the show, but my basic premise is women are, by birth, come in with grace, have tremendous grit, and are really the stewards of the beauty and the grace and the inspiration of life. Um, all comes through women. Women are the first teachers. They are the first healers. They are the first nourishers, nurturers and nourishers for every human being. There's not one human being that hasn't come through a woman. So this gives us both great responsibility, great power, great privilege. Um, and um, as people know, um, who know me, um, I believe that all power comes equally with um, the um, appropriate responsibility for that power, for serving that power and for honoring that power and for um, sharing that power. So when I was thinking about this show today, the title, 
live as though you're the smartest person in your life. Um, the story behind this um, is that um, years ago, um, uh, let's see, years ago, I was beginning to put my practice, my practice with women, my services from local to um, bringing some of them online to be able to serve people that I couldn't, you know, physically get to and they couldn't physically get to me. And I was working with a web person to make a website and I was working with a copy person to figure out how do I translate, you know, what I, what I offer and how I offer it and, um, you know, into black and white and a very shortened, um, you know, kind of experience of me. And I kind of bounced around from, you know, a web person to a copy person to a marketing person. And, um, you know, not unlike when you first are trying something new, you go through, as a novice, you go through a lot of exposure to different um, teachers, to different ways of, um, I should put, ways of tackling a project um, until you kind of find both a set of skills, but you also find what's true for yourself. So, you know, I would go to one person and they would tell me one, one you know, set of rules and shoulds about how to write, uh, you know, write web pages um, that would convey who I was and how I help people. And then I would go to a copy person who would tell me pretty much everything I had just been told was wrong <laughs> and to redo it. And then go to, you know, a marketing person who would, you know, kind of scrub the last persons. And I think it was like a the fourth person, third, fourth person that I was, you know, kind of trying to both get a set of skills and, and you know, learn a new way of um, connecting with people and serving people. And, you know, I kind of just went, ah, you know, every time I change, you know, to a different venue, a different specialty, you know, they basically tell me everything I've done is wrong and I have to redo it. And I said, this is, you know, really frustrating. And, um, you know, we were talking by phone and um, he, he kind of chuckled and he said, well, he said, I'm going to tell you something that will take, you know, if you can kind of, he said, it's kind of like a cone um, and, you know, meaning it's it's a paradox. He said, you just if you think of yourself as the smartest person in the room, you'll know what, what is true for you and you'll know what, what to do. And I'm thinking, oh, great. <laughs> you know, I've just paid hundreds, more hundreds of dollars for someone to tell me I'm the smartest person in the room. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of the things that, one of the things I work with women when I'm working with them is I, I say, you know what's true for you. I said, I'm outside here offering you thoughts, sharing some um, techniques, um, witnessing you, holding you, encouraging you, comforting you. I said, but in the end, it's it's all about you, meaning you're the expert of, of what you know to be true. I said, and one of the ways you know how to do this is trust the part of you inside that says, that's true for me. It doesn't have to be true for me, even as your teacher and your coach and your guide and and mentor. But if something I say or something you come upon within yourself rings, for me, it, it, it like rings a bell inside of me. Different people have different, for some person, it's like they see it. One person I had, they saw it on a chalkboard, like being written um, when they knew something was true. And um, and once they knew that, then, you know, 
it was just like all everything would clear itself out of the way and they would you know achieve what they were seeking to achieve and and so for me it's an internal it's like a bell it goes bing it's like like one of those little um temple bells or something or a nice soft church bell it just goes boing and so when this you know person I that I was helping me try to figure out what kind of web copy and web pages and names and all that um you know when he said that I heard my bell that says, this is true, go off inside of me. I didn't know what that meant. I knew it was true what he was saying for me. There was some truth in there that that I was being asked to pay attention to, but I didn't know how to apply that in practical ways. You know, what did that really mean? Um, How would I apply that? Um, How would I pick it up and use it consciously? So, you know, the funny thing is when, when... well, the ironic. It can be funny. It can be ironic. It can be hard. It can be all sorts of things. I use funny when you know just to try to keep a sense of humor and, and balance around sometimes the hard stuff in life. But um, that that bell, that that chime within me that said, "Pay attention to this. This is valuable for you. This is something you want to um, use." has has really come to inform me in many ways and. Being the smartest person in the room means for me, I know better than anybody else outside of me, no matter what their skill set, no matter what their experience, no matter what their lineage, no matter what their expertise. In the end, I'm the expert of my own life because I'm the one whose life has a purpose that I'm I'm to serve and that is being served. I'm the one who's had the experiences I'm the one who, um, to who, to whom I want to be true. And as I often say to people, you know, and I say this about myself even when I'm working with somebody, I go, you know, I'm happy to offer advice, I'm happy to offer insight, to mirror, to reflect, to inspire, to provoke, to challenge you. I said, but at the end of the day, you still go home to your life and to yourself. And so to that be true. And... um I said, so much of life that we were taught to assign authority to and and truth to was really simply a beginning of a conversation for us. It was meant to be the beginning of a conversation where we said, is that true for me? That person just said this. Is that true for me? What am I feeling inside? Um, is is my version of you know the inner chime ringing, this is wisdom, pay attention, going off or is it just is is what's being said to me just kind of coming through me and going out of me and only the person I'm working with can really know that I can I can look at somebody as I'm working with them and when I'm working with somebody on a phone I can actually feel I have a very high level of of um, ability to feel somebody you know through time and space to feel what they're feeling to kind of have a sense of where they are but even so, I'll say, hmm, this is what I'm concluding about what just happened for them. But I will always ask because, number one, you know, even the best educated, intuitive guess is still a guess. Number two, I'm I'm helping the person I'm working with learn to, to begin to trust themselves and to be beginning to decipher within themselves um, what they're feeling what's resonating for them. And sometimes what's resonating is simply something that's being asked 
to be looked at deeper and longer and more consciously. It may not be the end game. It may not be the conclusion or the da-da truth, but it will will be. It's pivotal for getting them, getting that person to more peace, to more understanding, to more confidence. So, and that is really what a guide or mentor or teacher offers. It's not that they really know more. Um, you know, they may have. You know, they have a high level of commitment to inner work, to um, self-awareness, to service, whatever, and that's been a priority. Um, but what they know has has some universal application, but also what they know has limited um, application to others. I have found in working with mentors and teachers and healers and guides for, let's see, 20s, 30s, 40s, 40 four decades and still working with people as guides and mentors and healers and leaders for myself. What I have understood the gift and the need for um, working with a guide, mentor, healer, teacher, leader is that they have greater experience. They have more experience. They have a commitment to those experiences, which will allow them to recognize the experience someone else is having and to help them, you know, kind of guide them through it or interpret them or interpret what they're going through or to help uh, suggest a next step or a response or a remedy to what they're going through. It's not that what the person that, for example, that I work with, the women I work with or the couples I work with, it's not that they're not as intelligent or not as motivated or not as courageous or as wise. They simply haven't focus consistently on those skill sets, the deciphering of what they're feeling, the discernment of what, you know, is showing up in their life. They haven't, that hasn't been a focus or a priority. And so they just have less experience and less ability. So when life comes along and delivers a, a marriage crisis or a health crisis or you know, a, a, I've, I'm, I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> being unhappy and, or being a doormat um, crisis. Um, a guide, a mentor, a teacher, a healer, is invaluable for simply being a consistent present, presence that keeps you accountable, keeps you um, inspired, keeps you company, and keeps you on track. For begin, you know, going from the beginning of what's uncomfortable to the end when you resolve the discomfort, and that's truly all it is. I mean, that's the best of it. That's the simplicity of it. Um, and and the person that's going through the crisis, health crisis, relationship crisis, you know, just like I've had it, I'm not going to take it anymore. You know, you know, personal life crisis. Um, is the is the expert on where they want to be, what's true for them, and and kind of that commitment to getting there. The guide, the mentor, you know, what I serve when I'm working with people is I simply go, I've been there, I know how hard it is, I know the pitfalls, and because I'm not being triggered, it's not my process that is up for creation and healing and transformation, I have neutrality, I can witness, I'm not being triggered, um, 
I've been through it so much I can give you some shortcuts or some, you know, ways to hold it so it's not triggering you all the time, et cetera, et cetera. I'm it's you know, I'm I'm like the neutral while the person's in the cauldron of transformation. And the truth is we all need this. I don't care how wise or important or smart <laughs> or brilliant or inspired or lineage any person is, at some point their life will do something that says you can't do this alone. This is why we are a, a species built in community, built in needing each other, on sharing with each other, on pulling from each other, and helping each other. So, But it's all to the purpose of going back to you are the smartest person in your room, um, in the room of your life. So... And, and you know, when I was talking earlier about the revolution that we're in, the truth is we are in a revolution. We're in revolutionary times. Some people call them evolutionary. I call it revolutionary because there's a little bit of, um, of not everybody chose what shows up in their life to challenge them, to change it, to just, you know, scare the bejesus out of them. Um, and that's what revolutions do. You know, there's a core group of people. In this case, it's like the world has a core group of of dynamics. It wants to shift. Some want to go. Some want to be added. Some want to be, you know, evolve, transform. But it's not like most people who are going through their days of life on this planet at this time went, yeah, consciously I want to have a lot of challenge and changes and and struggle with choices of, you know, what's going to make me happy, what's going to make me secure, what's going to make me, you know, healthy. We didn't do that consciously for the most part, but our souls did. So there is a revolution that a lot of times can seem like I didn't choose this, what the hay is going on. But that's the beauty of having others, you know, who are on the planet with us, who perhaps did choose a revolution in their lifetime consciously and have been working on it longer, who are simply ahead of us wherever we are. And as I said, I've been you know, working four decades on self-awareness, you know, this, what is it to be human, what's that, what's that alchemy between the physical and the uh, spiritual. And for four decades, you know, I'm going through health crises and relationship crises and meaning of life and crisis. And, you know, four decades later, I'm still working with healers and teachers and mentors because it's kind of like um, the more you realize what's possible when you don't simply, you know, um, just kind of show up, walk through your day and go to bed, when you, when you realize how much more is possible in the experience of, of, of being a human being, you want more. You want you want more, and the more you realize, the more you realize there is there is presenting itself to you. So, um, but you know, having a guide, a mentor, or a teacher is essential for figuring out what are the you know how do you stay true to the heart of what you want, of what's important to you, what you may even know is as your life purpose. How do you stay true to the heart of that? And still meet, you know, the waves and the tsunamis and, and you know, the, you know, nights of darkness, the changes that you may have even set in motion yourself bring to you. Um, and for women, you know, we're being asked to 
to not only heal this historical rage we have at how we've been treated, you know, through generations and centuries as, you know, less than and, and you know, just poorly treated and denied, you know, um, kind of equality of status and privilege. How do we heal that while we're also being asked to kind of step forward as this revolution's leaders and healers and guides and mentors? You know, so it's it's a both and, which is why I trust it. I always say, you know, the the world we're leaving behind was either or. Either men had the power or women had the power. And that's true. There were times on this planet women had the power and men did not. And then it flipped to men having the power and women women not so much. So it's not about women going back into power over men and being the powerful ones. It's both and. It's women being asked to both heal the past while also stepping forward into guiding the future, into helping birth the future. And that's why I trust it. But I also, you know, I know there's not been a woman I've ever met or worked with who doesn't have what I call historical rage, rage at how at some point earlier in her soul um, life, you know, she was treated badly as a woman. And even being the man who treated a woman badly means there's still an imbalance of power and relationship that we carry in our DNA. And that's what we're being asked. We're being asked to, to create tremendous evolution on the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual levels. So, you know, anybody who feels overwhelmed or helpless or hopeless or despairing or depressed or any of those, you know, Ds, um, I say welcome to, you know, the lifetime your soul chose and welcome to why, you know, be grateful that you're not alone in this. Nobody's alone in this. There's the unseen guides and angels we can call on and there's the seen guides and angels we can call on. So, um, and, you know, I've been called an angel more than once and I've called other people angels um, more than once. And, and that's not just the people officially assigned as leaders, healers, teachers, guides, mentors. They're the people when you make a prayer, when you call out, even if it's an anger or despair, life always hears. You know, the unknown always hears. The great spirit always hears. The gods and goddesses always hear. And then we just have to work on how do we discern the response? How do we decipher that response? How do we digest the response? And and that's the gift of really embracing living as though you're the smartest person in your life. So um, one of the things that I, when I'm working with women, you know, and it's pretty much a, a, um, a given. In fact, in the East, it's... <laughs> it's it's in the scriptures that every woman is born with an insecurity, meaning there's a basic insecurity that runs through birth as a woman. And it's not about that makes us wrong or weak as women. It means know your insecurity and care for it. And, you know, this insecurity is was what I call how, how women struggle with feeling they are lacking. They lack somehow. You know, they lack being skinny enough. They lack being sexy enough. They lack, you know, spending enough time with their family if they're, you know, while they're loving their work, you know, they're out of the housework. 
um, they lack, you know, finesse. They lack, you know, beautiful wardrobes. I mean, it's lack, 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 right? Well, when you, you know, there's a great saying in many traditions, what you focus on is what you grow. And and for women, this is especially true because we we have, you know, this capacity to, in our sleep, grow a human being from two cells. So we have this this fertility, this creativity, this ability to to create from very small amounts of physical reality through our power and our presence and our our physiology as women. And so one of the things I say with women is, you know, know you have this Achilles heel as a woman and then figure out how like any kind of, you know, any athlete will tell you, even world-class Olympic athletes will tell you what their weakness is. And then they focus really, really consistently (laughs) and congruently on strengthening what will help them compensate for that weakness, for that for that lack of something being perfect in their physiology and their muscles and their, you know, in their mindset, whatever. It's focusing on what you want to grow consciously, consistently, and very specifically. And so for me, what I experience for women is right now in our times is these are the times where we get to focus very specifically on what it is what birth as a woman gives us and and learning about our differences as women from men, not because we were using the words better or more or over or greater or lesser. It's that so we can focus on what it is we do have that we want to lean into building strength with, we want to lean into becoming more conscious and knowing how to wield more consciously. Um, and, you know, as I said, it's kind of, this is the, if the Achilles heel, for example, is our, our rage at how generations of women have been treated, that's that's the Achilles heel. Then focus, know that's the Achilles heel, t- take care of it, tend to it, but also focus on what will move you forward. And what will move every woman forward is learning how to know what's true inside of her, know how to tune in, how to listen, and how to take action on what she knows is true inside. So let me give you an example. For me, when I heard, you know, never forget you're the smartest person in the room, I, of course, laughed. I heard my inner chime go, pay attention. This is truth for you. And then I was curious how it would show up. You know, where would I be called to kind of exercise that, you know, build some strength and courage with it? And what I got was <laughs> was, was time and time and time again uh, opportunities to exercise it. And even recently, now, now clearly this is something I was given to not only know about myself, but also to need to exercise in order to build its working muscles, its, its you know, daily life muscles for. Um, the other day, a couple of weeks ago, I woke up and I had a very swollen uh, right leg. Um, and in any, as anybody knows, has been kind of with me for the last, you know, year or so, I've been through kind of through a rough patch of with my health and 
with um, you know intersecting with the Western medical world, which you know I'm very cautious of. Um, I'm grateful for, but I'm also very conservative with. And I needed to intersect with it a lot for surgery. And um, it's just been kind of a roller coaster of consequences rolling out from that decision. And really what I consider kind of a major, you know, probably year-long workshop for me. And the way I use workshop with my clients is I go, it may not be fun, but you're in it for a while. And, and, you know, wonderful stuff will come out of it, but it's not always fun. It's work. And, um, And so the other day, so I woke up with this leg and I'm like, hmm, let's see. You know, I have a foot surgery that didn't go well. I have anemia from um, drugs that they gave me after the surgery (laughs) that I'm now dealing with. And now I look at my right leg and I'm going, I think I have a a leg clot. So I go to my primary care and she spends five minutes trying to convince me I have arthritis of the right knee. Because nothing, because blood clots don't cause swelling beneath, you know, behind the knee. Rather than arguing with her and convincing her she was wrong and I was right, as I used to do, because only one person can be right and one person can be wrong, right? So she's trying to say I'm wrong and my earlier self, younger self, would have pushed back and said, no, you're wrong, I'm right. I simply listened to her and I said, I need you to order an ultrasound, will you will you do that or not? And she was not willing to do it. And I said, okay. And I walked out of the office into my car and I said, I know what I need. Let's go figure out how to get it. Unfortunately, I had an appointment with a new surgeon. We did the business I booked the appointment for with him to do. And then I said, would you mind looking at this? And he looked and he said, you know, you missed your calling. <laughs> you should have been a diagnostician or a doctor. And yeah, let's get you that ultrasound. So my point being in this, you know, in this kind of sharing this this example of how I'm being asked to work on, you're the smartest person in your life, is I watched all the places where I could get distracted. I could get diverted, like fighting with the um, primary care about who was right and who was wrong. And instead, I just stayed true to if I'm the smartest person in my life and I know I have a blood clot which needs to be diagnosed and treated, what action is going to get me there the soonest and the most efficiently was not fighting with her. It was simply to say, okay, and move on to the next possible you know, opportunity to um, have a physician um, serve, that, serve that need I had. You get more efficient when you embrace that you're the smartest person you you diminish the level of conflict. You actually bring in more peace and clarity into your life. You really streamline your experience of challenging situations and challenging experiences. And and so this is really what the new forms of power women are being asked to bring into the world are. They're more peaceful. They're more efficient. They cause less conflict. They don't diminish or are destructive to relationship. They simply go towards what they need to create, and they do it with peace, with ease, and with success. This little cone that this marketing person shared with me a few years ago is now playing out of my life in a very practical and impactful way. And this is the thing about the truths, the wisdom that's inside of you. 
It's not just for when you go and pray and meditate. It's not just for feeling good when you're in those prayer states or those contemplative states. This, this, these teachings about women's power and truth and wisdom and courage are all within us for using very practically and impactfully in daily life when you know how to do it. So I'm going to write about this um, in my next article. If you're not subscribed, a little more about this because we're at the end of our half hour. Um, But I want you to think about where you know you're the smartest person, you're actually flexing those muscles in your life, and where you might want to learn how to flex those muscles. Um, If you're not signed up for my e-newsletter, so you can read a little more about what I'm going to write about this, you can do so at my website which is J-A-I-K-A-U-R at gmail.com. Also at my website, there's a contact me where I do offer a free hour-long by phone introductory session. No strings, no commitments. Basically, you get to experience me, and I get to help you a little bit. No cost. Um, But sign up for the newsletter. Check out whether you want to you know, check out more of something, some get some support and free support and help with something that's bothering you. Um, and I'll see you and I'll be back on the show in a couple weeks. And um, wherever you are, smile, be blessed, and be grateful for your birth as a woman. Take care. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.